Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Mondo Show. I am so glad that you can join me on today's program. Right now, I am in Studio B here at Morningside USA, and I want to tell you something. What an amazing day we are living in right now, where we can bring this program to you via the PTL network. And I want to remind you that you can go online, ptlshop.com, and get your Roku Express to watch 24 hours a day, seven days a week on demand, the PTL Network. And you can watch my program there. You can watch the Jim Baker Show. You can watch Life with Lori and so many other great programs. But just go to ptlshop.com or you can just call me. And you can call me at 1-888-777-3530 and get your Roku Express to start watching the Mondo Show on the PTL Network. Listen, you can even watch YouTube, Hulu, Apple Plus. You can even watch uh, some of your great shows on Netflix. You have to get Roku Express. They are changing the way we watch television. And I want you to be a part of the Roku family. Why? Because I want to stay connected with you and bringing you guests that will talk about issues that we're dealing with today. On today's topic, I want to tell you something. It's heavy in my heart because one of the things about today's topic is going to be a little bit difficult for you, but I want you to open your heart. Today's topic is one that many church people don't dare to have from their pulpits or Bible studies. Over the years, I have watched many Christian brothers and sisters get defensive and lose compassion over the subject of gender identity issues or homosexuality or the LGBTQ community as if there were some kind of a monster living amongst us. But I want to tell you something. The reality is that they are part of our families. They are our brothers, our sisters, friends, and even our moms and dads. Sexuality today is being exposed in a profound way. And I want to tell you something. Sexuality is so personal to people today like never before. But our culture today is exposing and it's celebrating to young kids, young youth, celebrating by, by just coming out and, and having a party and nothing goes bad. Well, I want to tell you something. Sexuality and gender identity is almost in every platform of our lives. From social media to movies to TV shows, commercials, music, all this celebrates and exposes gender identities and is confusing people today. But they never talk about what is happening behind closed doors. The sexual abuse that takes place, the suicides, the rejection from religious institutions and families struggling to find answers. They never talk about that. I want you to have compassion for today's conversation. I don't want you to get defensive. I want you to listen and, and maybe you can learn something. This could be your son, your daughter, your friend, your mom or your dad. We all have someone close to us that is struggling to be free from the pressure and the secrets that are silently killing them, all from a sexual desire that they discover from a young age, and they struggled all their lives to come to terms with it. My question is, where does, where does one go that is struggling with gender identity? 
the issues. When there's no place to have a safe conversation to talk about some of the most personal issues that we deal with as a human being. I want to, listen, I got to ask you this question. You watching at home. Has the church or religion failed to be that safe place? How about this one? Why do Christians, why do you maybe get so defensive and mean and lose compassion when the topic of gender identity comes up? My, my biggest question is this. How do we respond? How does the church respond to the LGBTQ agenda, to the Equality Act? Is there a way to love without affirming the gay lifestyle? These are real questions that we must ask ourselves. These are real questions that we have, and no one seems to answer that. Well, I'm glad you tuned in today, because to discuss these type of questions today, I have invited my special guest via Skype all the way from California, Ken Williams. And after a life of hopelessness and suicidal season over his sexual identity and same-sex desires, he discovered that Jesus offered real inner healing and intimate relationship. Since then, Ken has worked tirelessly to help others experience the same hope and transformation that he once found. Today, Ken is now married to his beautiful wife, and they have four children together. He's a pastor in Reddings, California. He's also, he also co-leads an, an LGBTQ ministry called EquippedToLove.com a ministry for those impacted by homosexuality. And he's also a co-founder of a movement of men and women who testify of transformation, changemovement.com. He's the author of the brand new book called The Journey Out. I want you to help me welcome author, lecturer, and minister all the way from Reddings, California, Minister Ken Williams to The Mondo Show. Welcome, sir. Thank you so much, Mondo. I tell you what, after hearing your introduction there, I am really looking forward to this conversation because we need people that really want to follow God's plan for humanity, but have compassion that people can see and feel because there's so much pain out there by those that find themselves in the LGBTQ world. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Ken, I want you to share briefly about why you wrote this book. And share your journey with us because, you know, the same-sex attraction, uh, it's a topic that doesn't go away. It's a topic that is going to be with us for a long time because so many young men and old men and young women and old women who love God and want to be a part of the church today are facing the same journey today. So let's go back and, and, and talk about why did you write this book and what was your journey like? Okay, yes. Well, I wrote the book because when I was suicidal at 17 years old, I couldn't find a book that offered me any hope for transformation or yeah, offered me any, any hope that I could experience any shift in my sexuality or just peace in, inside. I, I couldn't find anything on the topic. And so that's why I wrote the book. So to tell you a little bit of my story, I was raised in church. And um, I gave my heart to Jesus when I was eight years old. I mean, I, I really wanted to follow Jesus, to please him, to serve him. And so it was very disturbing when I was, I don't know, 13 or 14 years old 
to discover, wow, I'm not like the other boys. Mm. I'm not interested in, in talking about how cute the girls are. I feel more like one of the girls than I do one of the guys. You know, I, I was the short, skinny kid in every class growing up. And so, you know, I was always picked last, you know, in gym class when they're picking teams to, um, to compete with each other. I was always picked last and um, mocked a lot for not being as impressive as the other boys in stature or in athletics and all that. And so I just really found myself not identifying with the males early on in life as a, as a child of 8, 10, 12 years old. Just started opting out, really, of masculinity because masculinity seemed um, obtuse. It seemed domineering. It seemed unkind. And whereas femininity, you know, the girls were much more interested in talking deeply, you know, being kind. They weren't the ones mocking me. So, you know, early on, there were reasons why I was moving away from fraternizing with the males just in an effort to protect myself. And that was, so that was one, I think, that of the, some of the original origin of my confusion over who I was um, in sexual identity. Uh, but then also I was exposed to pornography at eight or nine years old and hardcore pornography. And I will not describe for your audience what I saw, but I guarantee you most everybody watching has no idea some of the things that happen inside of, of that kind of a sexual interaction. And it was deeply scarring for me. I, I did not understand why a male would treat another male in the way that he was being treated. And again, another blight on my opinion of masculinity. Mm. And then I also, you know how, you know how uh, Jesus was tempted in the wilderness by the devil, right? And how even the enemy tried to even use scripture and, a, against the Lord. And so I, that even happened for me a little bit. I remember thinking, well, gosh, Jesus did not have sex. He, you know, he refrained from sexuality. I remember thinking that, you know, well, Paul said it was really better to remain single if you can. And so as about an eight or nine-year-old, I remember deciding by myself, well, I just will opt out of sexuality. And, you know, that's very easy to say when you're eight years old. A lot, a lot more difficult when you're 17, right? And uh, the pornography that I witnessed, um, the friend that observed that with me uh, then initiated some sex play as a result of having been triggered by the pornography. And, and so that, the, you know, the shame that I felt, Mondo, from that was immense because, again, my heart was to please the Lord. And I, I knew that, you know, um, sexuality was sacred. Even as a child, I, I, you know, I knew that it wouldn't be appropriate to act out in a sexual way. And yet, why am I being compelled to do that? Why, you know, this Pandora's box had been opened in front of me. And the shame was immense. And so by the time I'm in my early teens, I'm, I'm very sexually attracted to the males. I'm not at all to the females. And, um, and then ended up having some inappropriate, somewhat sexual relationship with uh, a couple of guys. And again, the shame intense. And, uh, and then eventually, when I was 17, like I said, I, was, I had gone into the Christian bookstore in a, a last-ditch hope to see if I could find any help or hope for my struggle. And uh, there was nothing. There was a, a book of every kind of thing you could be challenged with in life, 
had maybe a half a page or a page on homosexuality. And it basically said, hey, this is your thorn in the flesh. And, you know, this is actually in your life uh, for a reason to make you better. And you will always struggle with this. You will, you will, it will never change. But if you see a counselor weekly for the rest of your life, then you can refrain from acting it out. So I walked out of the Christian bookstore suicidal. Wow. You know, I, I got so many questions to ask. I hope you come back because we, we need to have this conversation. It's got to be an ongoing conversation. But I gotta, I'm going to ask you some tough questions because over the weekend, I talked to a lot of people recommending questions, and I, I want you to help me. And if you feel like you don't want to answer them, just say, uh, right now is not the time. But let, let me begin with this one. Do you believe that homosexuality may stem from a hormonal imbalance or from a childhood sexual abuse? I don't think one size fits all. I mean, from all of the people that I have met with over the years that are, find themselves with LGBTQ feelings, it's not one size fits all. Um, what I can tell you is based on the GANA study, it's a gold standard peer-reviewed, you know, published in journals study that was published in August of 2019. Uh, we're talking Harvard, MIT scientists and many others did a 30-year study on is there a gay gene or, or, or genes? And it conclusively came back, no, there is no individual gene or genes that cause homosexuality. What was very clear is that environment is much more the cause of people finding themselves with LGBTQ feelings. And so, you know, there, now almost everything you test for is going to have some very small heritability rating. And so th that was there, but that heritability rating was smaller than it was for uh, being a cigarette smoker or a divorcee. So if you're going to say that someone was born uh, as, you know, born gay, then it would be more true that people are born cigarette smokers or they are born divorcees. Mm. The, the Bible calls us to love one another. There's two great commandments. Love thy God with all your heart, with all, you know, and then it goes into loving your neighbor as loving yourself. But I, I got to know, I mean, your journey, you got, first of all, you got to go and get this book, The Journey Out. It's going to shock you. It's going to make you laugh. It's going to make you cry. But it's also going to make you rethink the way you have approached this subject of the homosexuality uh, or identity politics or uh, all the issues that we deal with, and you have to look at it from the scripture perspective and understand how have you as a person been responding to this? Because these are your brothers and your family and your, your sisters, your mom, your dad, your uncle, your aunt, your friend. We got to have answers. We can't just get defensive and, and say, well, that's what the Bible said. They're going to hell and they're sin." Listen, we got to love people. The first thing you got to do is have a conversation and understand what does the Bible say? What does the culture say? Where we stand? But I, I got to go back to this because right now the LGBTQ community and the people there are angry at the church. They're angry at religion. So we have to identify before we validate, before we take ownership of that, how has the church, how has religion failed to be that safe place? You're so right. Um, let me back up and say this before I answer that. The American Psychological Association has completely abandoned LD LGBTQ people. 
under pressure, you know, 40, 50 years ago, under pressure from activists, they uh, began abandoning finding help, finding ways to reach or address the needs or the pains inside of LGBTQ identifying people. And so today there is very, very little help. You know, the, the, the mantra now is if this is, if you have a moment of same sex arousal, for example, then that's who you are and you must go that direction. And there's, there's no um, pausing to say, well, um, when did this first happen? Did something happen? Were you, were you violated in any way? Um, There's no looking beneath the surface to say, well, let's make sure we understand what this person's needs are and what has happened in their lives. And really, so that's where the church, I mean, I really, I believe that the church really is the solution to those that are confused about their sexual identities, because we have, we've been given the mind of Christ, right, as the church. And so we have access to God's voice. We have access to the truth of his word. We are the ones that are to be the solution, but we need to be approaching hurting people the way that Jesus did, you know, like the woman caught in adultery. You know, he's, he didn't come to condemn her. He didn't shame her. He may have, you know, said, okay, go and sin no more, but he was gracious with her and defended her against those that would accuse her in that moment. And, and you know, so sexual, uh, being confused about one's sexuality or Finding yourself with all sex des- sexual desires, that's I, I firmly believe that those all are what I would consider an intimacy disruption or an intimacy breakdown. In other words, the problem is not sexual at its deepest. This is actually a, 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 a disruption of a person's feelings of intimacy, of feeling deeply loved, seen, valued. And so we as the church are the perfect ones to be able to come and say, you know, so tell me about yourself. Who, you know, who are you? What are you about? Tell me, you know, let me get into your life and, and, and really hear what it's like to live inside your mind. Um, really come close and be a friend first off so that we understand what their needs are, you know, rather than just looking at someone from the outside and starting to make assumptions for who they are what they feel, all of those things. I mean, this is where the church really is supposed to do the work of pastoring and loving. Um, And from that point, then maybe we have actually put enough deposits into that person to where we might be able to authoritatively speak or show care or instruction. But we, we we too often gloss right over that and try to fix a person. And I mean, you and I both know, Mondo, it's like, Nobody likes to be fixed or treated like a project, right? That's correct. That's correct. I mean, no one wants to be there. Uh, you know, my time is flying so fast. I can't believe it. I just got a few more moments, and, and I got so many questions, but I want to get to a solution because right now there's pastors watching, there's moms, there's dads, there's friends watching, and they want to be a part of the solution, but they don't want to affirm the lifestyle. What is a good balance, Pastor Ken? How do we love and help and be there for people and love people like the Bible says without affirming the lifestyle? I think we start with listening. You know, we, we, we are not going to have the information that we need to be able to help or, or point another person into deeper 
life of, of righteous living if we don't first really understand who they are or where they're coming from. So we listen. We don't let go of the truth of Scripture. You know, we don't, we don't change our theology to make someone else feel better, but we don't come preaching at people until we really know them. And I think it's important, I think it's important too, like, as, you know, for pastors, you know, we need to be talking about morality, purity, in general, from the pulpits. So, you know, to come and all of a sudden bring a message about homosexuality, when we don't talk about sex at all, probably is going to be pretty painful to those that find themselves with a struggle in that area. Um, I think we would be much better off to be talking about what is God's design for sexuality? Why does God have boundaries in place for expressions of sexuality? Is that because he's a killjoy or is that because he wants to protect all of humanity? You know, we need to be talking about addressing issues of, you know, divorce and um, fornication and all kinds of stuff. If we're going to, we don't want to single out one sin and neglect all the others that are related. Um, But I think pastors need to be talking about this. They need to be, um, remaining true to what the Bible says and teaching that, but then having plenty of grace, you know, use testimonies. The people in your congregation that have life experience of having had to walk out a journey in this way, get them to share testimonies because so much can be said in a testimony um, that's inviting as as opposed to just preaching what people should be doing. Absolutely. Before we leave, you got to share the discipleship pointers that helped you to help individuals get through this area in their lives. For that person watching that is struggling with their sexual identity, that is struggling with suicide, that is struggling to try to make their life work, what message do you have for them, Pastor Ken? Hey, if it matters to you, it matters to God. He formed you. He, he conceived of you before you ever were conceived in, you know, in your mother's womb. And, and so you, you need to believe that the Lord has peace for you. He has solidarity. He has a, a way for you to move forward in life where you can operate in the kingdom, which is righteousness, peace, and joy. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that it probably doesn't feel that way, possibly where you are in life, but we need to, to find church community and to lean into God until we find that kind of, of rich life that's there and not to settle for anything less. Because I'm telling you, you know, I, 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 hey, I'm not perfect. I have challenges in my life, but I no longer am tormented. I no longer walk around with no peace. I have great peace. I've, I've you know, miraculously, the Lord now has given me a wife for the last 15 years. We have a great sexual relationship. We have four children together. Like God can absolutely set captives free. He is the bondage breaker, and he can get into our lives and unravel our pain, our hurts, and bring us real freedom. Wow. Listen, I want you to go get the book right now, The Journey Out. Pastor Ken is going to talk about in this book about the demystifying homosexuality and the gender identity issues. He shares stories of real transformation He takes you into the heart of where he believes everything began in his life. Listen, sometimes you have to peel your life like an onion in order to find out where the issues are coming from. We are living in a very important time in our culture right now 
where the LGBTQ community is facing off with religion, with Christianity, like no other time in history. If you don't believe me, just look at the news. Look at what's happening in the news. Look what's happening with the Equality Act. Look how it's threatening uh, the church and how the church are threatening the, the gay community. I mean, we have ourselves a war that is about to erupt, Pastor Ken, and it's confusing people. I'm touched by this subject, by the way. I want you to pray for that person watching, Pastor Ken, because they're, they, we need hope and we need love to restore all things. Before we leave, can you pray for those that are watching, that are struggling with suicidal thoughts, that are struggling to with their sexual identity, people that are struggling with their inner dim, demons that are dealing with can you pray for that person watching right now? I would love to. Um, absolutely. Father, I just invite your presence right now. I thank you that every person, Lord, within the sound of my voice, uh, that, that you have a specific heart for them. You have a specific plan for their lives. You, you know the end from the beginning, and you know where you're taking them. And I thank you that there is no need for fear because your perfect love casts out all fear. I thank you, Lord, that you see the pain and it matters to you that you sent Jesus to actually pay the price for their pains, for their sicknesses, for their sins. He paid all of it. And I thank you, Lord, that you come to us in so many ways, but you are Father and you are the perfect Father. And, and no, none of us has a perfect earthly Father, but you are that. And I, I thank you, Lord, that they don't have to be ashamed. They don't have to run from you or hide from you. But matter of fact, you know, you, it, it, your word says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So right in the middle of maybe acting out sexually, um, being in, in feeling like they're addicted to certain sexual behaviors they can't let go of, all of that, I thank you, Lord, that, that you are inviting them to come into you, to come closer to you in the midst of their struggle, that you, they can't fix themselves on their own but but you can and so and so you that's watching i just say i invite you to to come toward the lord to in your sin in your fear in your shame to say, to run toward the most loving father that's ever existed and say father can you help me father forgive me for for my behaviors i don't seem to be able to manage myself would you help me would you forgive me would you let me experience and feel your unconditional love? Make me clean. I, I, if, I, if you will do that, if you will run into him, if you will run into a church community that, that is loving and follows the Lord's scripture wholeheartedly, there is absolute hope for you to live a life free from torment, free from shame, and feeling like you are giving uh, to others around you. And I just bless you in the name of Jesus. Amen. I want to thank Pastor Ken for joining me today. Don't forget to get the book, The Journey Out. It's going to amazing. It's an amazing book. It's going to change your life. It's going to bless you. I have to go, but I want, I want to remind you about this scripture. I think it's very important that we get reminded every now and then what Jesus said. He said in Mark chapter 12, verse 30 and 31, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. 
The second one is talking about the two greatest commandments. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than this. We must come back to love. That is where restoration starts. Thank you for watching today. Thank you for your support. I have to go. But remember, keep the faith. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.